Hi, and welcome everybody to the People's Champion podcast, a podcast designed for innovation-driven HR professionals in Kenya and Africa at large. Our conversations here are centered around three key pillars, technology and innovation, culture and organization building, and people development. My name is Pilit Kasara. I have been in the HR tech space for the last four years, and I'm currently working at the People Company as a community development lead, and I'll be co-hosting this podcast with my colleague Toussaint Olinde. Olinde, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, everyone. Uh, very excited to have you guys listening on this episode. My name is Toussaint Olinde. I am working at the People Company, and uh, every day I am falling in love with tech and HR. Over to you, Billy. Oh, thank you, Olinde. As am I, as am I. So I am particularly excited about today's show because of two reasons. First, is because we have a phenomenal guest today. And secondly, because we are going to be engaging in a very timely discussion on automation and decision-making in HR. I hope you have grabbed your coffee, gotten comfortable, gotten your notebook, because I assure you it's going to be an insightful one. Now, if I could use just one word to describe our guest today, it will be season. He is an experienced HR leader with over 27 years of experience cutting across different facets of the HR function. He is passionate about growing, mentoring, and empowering the next generation of HR professionals. And he is currently the group head of human capital at Auto Express Limited Kenya and an advisor over at Simness HQ. Dixon Nyambori, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence. We are absolutely honored that you are a member of the network and that you're here with us today. How are you doing? Thanks, Billy. With such an introduction, I'm scared that I could be selling short for the rest <laughs> of the guys, but I'm promising you that I'll give it my best. Okay. All the same, welcome everyone, and we wish you to have a good conversation today. Thank you. Thank you, Dixon. So I know I have started by saying that you have over 27 years of experience in the HR space. And I'd really just love you to walk us through the you know, evolution of the HR space from when you began and up until now. So how has it changed over the years? Thanks. <clears throat> I think HR has evolved quite a bit. And um, for me, the journey has been both exciting and rewarding. And I wouldn't have opted for a better profession than HR. I started at the bottom of the mill, risen through the ranks to be where I am today. And I can assure you, I have gone through the trenches of HR. I have seen it move from where nobody would have wasted their time talking about HR. Anytime you talked about a child, it was there for the retiree or preparing retirees who are going home. It was a place where you'd dump the non-performing members of your team. It was a place where record keeping was key and was king. It was a place where you would only be doing the bidding of other departments to a place where HR started changing in the early nineties in terms of recognition in terms of placing, in terms of uh, the personnel who are coming through because then the evolution started by having the right people. People who set out to do the, what was required 
not because it was convenient, but it was the right thing to do. So that is when I joined the profession, when they were looking for people who are going to do the best. And there was no other training that you went through. I remember when I first worked, told some people that I wanted to join the profession, it was very interesting. Why do you want to join this thing when you are in your early 20s? And yet everybody in that department is over 40 <laughs> and looking forward to retirement. And I said, this is what I want to do. I'm passionate about helping the next individual. I think it also boils down from my background. Having, I consider myself a self-made man. I have worked through the ranks and I've worked myself into society. And therefore, I just thought it is something I can do to make it happen for the rest of humanity. And that's why I'm here. It has changed a lot. And now we are talking about HR in the country. It's exciting. Oh, wow. I love that you talked about how you have been in HR, you know, in the trenches. But I, I'd also love to know a, a bit about the milestones that you have, you know, reached so far individually in your HR career. You could also mention a bit about the challenges. I know you touched a bit on that, but maybe a bit more. Um, wow. I started as a HR clerk. Oh, wow. One of, in one of the biggest... Uh, companies in Kenya, but being just in that department helped me a lot because I met people who knew their trade. Mm -hmm. So I was inducted into HR by, I think the best. And I think that shaped who I am today. I will not mention names because I don't have their permission to do it. But if you study chat, then we can be able to give you the names of those people. But I can tell you, I was inducted by the best in the trade. And I am not uh, about to say that I didn't get the best training. So important to anyone is get the best mentors in the business. They make all the difference. Then I grew into now being a, an admin assistant in academia. So I was lucky enough to be one of the founding members of the HR department of Kenya Methodist University. And also got to sit under the leadership of a number of very good uh, leaders of business, I must say. Thereafter, I joined the travel industry in the airline industry, that by then East African Safari Air. Later on, I joined East uh, Ritam, now that by then it was called British American Insurance. We call it, mm -hmm. we could uh, coin the name Britac then. Then it now has evolved into Britam. I left Britam after about six years <clears throat> in that company, rising from uh, what you'd call a senior HR officer all the way to the head of human resource in that uh, human resource manager of the then insurance wing. Later on, I joined uh, the FMCG world where I was posted as a head of HR Kenya for the FMCG. And then I had a small break from the profession, tried to do my own little business. <laughs> then some things don't die that easily. I was called back into the profession. And I joined then, then Esa Telco Kenya. 
Esther Telecom Kenya as a HR business partner in charge of ICT and um, technical. Therefore, you see where my ICT and technical things, the love for the technical things came in. I think that was when I was the most energetic human being around and I could do 10 or 20 things at a go. So there was a lot, a lot of things I could do. And I think I achieved quite a bit of my uh, growth in Esatelco. Then when I noticed that, yes, there was need for me to move to the next level, I joined Stanbic Bank, Kenya, as again, the HR business partner. And this time around, I was in charge of what you call the enablers of the business. But because the kind of a professional and a very good mentorship that I had with my boss then, I was shifted to the retail business. Hence my retail experience again, because I had done retail at retail quite a bit, a lot of innovation and making sure that you have the right kind of qualities for your staff. And therefore, I would say, Retail was born, Britain, Esa Telcom, went with it to Stanbic. And finally, I'm here at Auto Express for the last seven years. Wow, quite. Growing strong. I still think I this still for me a lot of things for me to learn, and which you learn until the day But I also think it is also my place now to enter the next generation of HR gurus as it were. Wow. Yes. That is my journey. Mm -hmm. Very, very short in my mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I believe to some people it looks long. It it surely yeah. does. Some people like yes. us. Yeah. But I I find it to be quite inspiring how you have acknowledged the fact that you know it took the self of mentors to get get you where you're at right now and the fact that you're just so willing to and hold and mentor other people who are, you know, just joining the profession. So I like to commend, commend you for that. And I'm curious to know about any trend. Is there a HR trend specifically that you're most optimistic about? Currently? Wow. The, the current trends that are uh, in what you call in vogue. Mm -hmm. uh, I think for me, analytics is the big thing. Because for a long time, HR has been used to uh, whims and uh, things that do not hit the business accordingly. For example, they'll say, there's no resonance between what we do and what the business does. Finally, analytics has arrived to give us that particular portion very clearly. So when you have the analytics right, it is very possible that you cannot be able to now give value and show value. You know, sometimes you might be giving value, but when it comes to the negotiations and the way forward, you can you show value. So that showing of value is going to come through the analytics. And I'm I'm excited because it has forced me to go back my statistics just to have <laughs> what a simple average and uh, a standard deviation. What, what, what measures do those things come out with and what, how can you uh, now give it a bit of value in the business? And it makes all the difference. I agree with you. You know, they say that data is currently the new oil or the new gold. And uh, they, they say also that uh, 
in God we trust, but all others, please bring better. Must bring better. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. It just goes to show just how much data has helped influence you know, decision making in the HR. Thank you. And it's true. Perhaps maybe even just to talk about automation, because I believe you know analytics is also a part of that. Yes. How would you describe HR automation in the African landscape currently? Thank you, Pili. I think uh, we have had a lot of, let me say from the beginning, automation was foreign to us. And a lot of people didn't see it as something that we are going to do because one, computer systems came much later into our space. We were a bit slow in takeoff. So a lot of automation was seen as foreign. But as time went by, we noticed that for us to make an impact and move forward, automation was critical. Adoption of the automation or technology in Africa has been very instrumental in leapfrogging a lot of uh, stages in development. So automation was now going to be obvious. With automation came the sister called innovation. Innovation then would be possible at a higher level as opposed to the rudimentary issues. I could tell you we used to run payroll written by hand, processed by hand for 400 employees. You have to physically write and go through that process. And by the time you're doing the payroll, you literally close the department because everybody has to do their inputs. Your handwriting was key by then because if it was not legible, the guys who are going to translate it into the one machine in the organization must get it right. So it was it was it is something that has enabled us, automation has enabled us to leapfrog from that kind of technology to where we are now almost at the first world in terms of technology. So the growth in Africa has been very, very good. I have been lucky enough to manage cross-country uh, automation. And I will tell you, we are lucky, especially in Kenya, that our innovation levels are very advanced. We are also lucky enough to have very good and robust systems. Even if they were foreign at one point, Kenya was like, I, I was in a, in a business where Kenya was the testing ground for their systems. So they say, if Kenyan company does not make it work, then I can assure you it is not going to work. And over time, we've longed for that kind of space. And I, I can assure you, we've enjoyed that kind of space going forward. Right now, the rest of Africa has slowly but surely caught up. And okay, there are still challenges in terms of connectivity in some parts of Africa, but I can assure you, it is not going to be for long. Africa is stepping up and we are going to be the innovation centers of the world. We have the generation that can do it. We have the capacity that is able to do it. And I'm excited for the African HR professionals because remember, a lot of our innovation is going to be based. We have what it takes to innovate. Now we have technology to drive it. What can we not do? Well, that, that, is, that is a very uh, interesting point of view. The fact that you have been at the forefront of 
of the innovation in in the HR space. Uh, how you said that uh, a company came and made Kenya its testing ground for for one of for one of its uh, uh, software. I think that's very interesting to be able to navigate through that growth. And um, so, based on that, I, I just like to ask. Uh, what do you think is really the role of technology and innovation, maybe more specifically automation in, in the HR space? Thanks. So I think uh, for, for, us, for us as HR professionals, we have to be very clear. You cannot uh, automate what you don't know. Automation is not coming to give you solutions for things that you don't know. Automation is coming to enhance your knowledge. So bottom line, get your knowledge base right. So once you have your knowledge base right, then now automation is an accelerator. It's going to fast track your ability to move to the next level. What most of the HR professionals are, the mistakes we've made in the past is we think with automation, then I learn from the software. It doesn't work that. You become a clerk. But when you have a knowledge base that is right, when automation comes, you are actually just taking your, your knowledge to the next level such that you are able to fast track your decisions, fast track your processing of data, fast track your ability to give the kind of engagement that your customers need. Remember, our employees are our customers. If you don't look at employees like your customers, you've lost it. Some of us have become the big man syndrome, the big man syndrome that people come and say, oh, you're the group head of, so what? If I don't have the knowledge base to give them the solutions they're looking for, the next generation will just trash what we do. But if we have the right mindset for them, then we are able to give them what they need going forward. Then technology delivers that knowledge. So technology is not supposed to be ahead of us. We are supposed to be ahead of technology. So that's why technology should be an enabler. Apart from being a fast tracking tool, it should be an enabler. Enabler to deliver the message. What if you don't have the message? Then you cannot be enabled. Number three, innovation and technology should be able to give us an environment that is collaborative and giving us ability to benchmark faster. If you have technology, you can be able to talk from the same platform. We will not have others talking eggs and others talking cakes. It will be just when we talk, we talk from the same platform in terms of our understanding not in terms of our systems, but then technology is supposed to be a unified factor when we are looking at various. For example, when you look at setting up a system that can be able to manage for you multi-country uh, systems, it should be able to understand that when I'm talking to somebody like to someone from the DRC, Technology understands language. So our language barriers should be reduced to the largest extent by technology because already in the background, 
we have already done the synchrony of the legal framework in DRC with the legal framework in Kenya, if you are going to use the same systems to manage employees across borders. That should be enable, enable us to unify our points of convergence and therefore makes it very easy for the, for the HR professional to move forward. But then, as I say, the knowledge base must be right. Yes, that's, that's very, very interesting because um, the knowledge makes uh, everything work uh, much more uh, coherently, whether you have technology or not. Technology, like you said, it's a tool that makes things run much more faster just to enjoy all the benefits that uh, technology has, has to offer. I, I would like to yeah I, I would like to to get a little bit more specific and ask you what are some of the uh, areas in HR where you have been able to effectively use uh, um, technology to make your 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 job whether easier or just to to serve your customers as you said your employees better uh, what what are those areas where uh, you have benefited the most from your use of, of, uh, of technology? I think um, if you look at it, technology has enabled a lot of uh, aggregation of our work in terms of being able to move a lot of data from both the company to the employee and the employee to the company. So all the areas of HR, to a certain extent, the level of automation differs from company to company. But I would like us to look at it from my background as a HR business partner. I'll tell you, HR business partnering allows you to have HR professionals at the shop floor. Where shop floor, I mean in the trenches. But that HR business partner needs somebody on the back end. Now that's where the centers of excellence become very critical for the delivery of HR to the business. Now, the convergence between who is on the trenches and who is the center of excellence is well uh, delivered when technology is used appropriately to the extent that every area of HR that you have can actually be automated and delivered professionally. When you have a HR business partner who is technology savvy, they do not need to go and do innovation at the back end. The centers of excellence will deliver this through technology to the HR business partner. And therefore you find in areas where Hitherto, you had to recruit 10, 20 HR uh, people. You can have a very robust uh, center of excellence and only have two HR business partners who deliver to the business. And because technology allows that delivery, it only means that we need to understand what we need to deliver. Then we partner with our brothers and sisters in ICT and ask them to deliver this 
to the ground or to the trenches where the HR business partners are actually using their expertise to deliver the business. In that way, we are able to be able to automate almost. I have been in spaces where we've automated almost 90% of our processes. And it is still possible that we could have gone to 100%. It is just a change management uh, process that we need to go into in terms of our mindset and being able to deliver. So for me, I wouldn't say a single out any area that has gone straight into innovation and we say this one is being delivered because of innovation. I think it is up to the HR professional to realize that they can actually deliver everything that they need. But I can tell you in terms of what we have done, it is delivering in mass what could have cost a lot. Then the second part is delivering fast what could have taken days to deliver. Then being able to authenticate data that is delivered. So even my boss can be able to say, what is it that my staff are receiving? By a click of a button, he can know what we send out there. So that for me is where automation has been key. Aggregation, speed, and authenticity. Anything that requires us to be authentic, technology has delivered. I hope I've answered your question by not going into specific strands of HR. Yes, you, you, you've actually answered my question and you've answered my next question, which was to know uh, what is required for, for automation, technology implementation to be most effective in, uh, yeah, in, 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 in HR. But just a follow-up to that one was to, was to know uh, your opinion about do, do you feel that uh, all companies are suited for automation? Do you think some companies should should uh, keep their 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 uh, HR function uh, without the use of of technology, or do you think that all companies are are created the same that everyone should should enjoy the benefits of technology? Uh, they say that if you want to say that uh, education is expensive, tries ignorance and you know the other one is more expensive than the other. I do not believe that automation is for some people. Automation is for all of us. The level and the depth of innovation required for each of the uh, families of companies could differ. There are people who require a high level uh, data processing that requires high level ways of automation. Those are different. But then even if it is a two day old company or a, a, a two employee company, the more you need less human contact, the better especially in terms of getting data and processing data. Why would you need less automation for a smaller company? I don't know why. In fact, the smaller the company, the faster you should automate because then systems and processes grow with the company. If you are big, the more reason you should innovate and automate. Why? Because it makes easier lighter work for a lot of processes and systems. 
So all, in my opinion, all companies should automate. What level automation depends on your processes and systems in place, and that can be argued in terms of the investment you make. So you can invest less based on the numbers, based on the processes, but you find some small companies, the processes are so robust to the extent you need even better innovation at a small company level than even the bigger company. So automation should be driven by your need, not by your size. You know, Dixon, you had mentioned about, you know, getting to 90% in your automation journey. And I'm wondering, is it possible for a company to get to 100%? You know, there are many HR tasks that involve personal matters that need emotional intelligence and soft skills, both of which require, you know, complex human interactions. So I'm wondering, is how much automation is too much automation? Do you think also automating some HR functions has negative consequences? Okay, let me start from the end. Is there a consequence for too much automation? Anything that you do has both the advantage, but if the advantage outweighs the disadvantage, our role as HR is to minimize the disadvantages and enjoy maximum advantages out of the system. So ask yourself, what are the disadvantages? Make sure you minimize those. However, in as much as we are saying automation is too much automation, I would want you to look at, I would want us to look at automation not as the end game in HR. If you look at your automation as the end game, then that is too much automation. Automation is an enabler, as I earlier said. So don't look for Systems that will solve your problems that you don't want to confront. It will never be a solution. But systems that enable those tough and hard questions that you would want to resolve, then you're automating the right way. Problem comes when we say automate, including our interactions. Like, for example, we have just automated uh, our conversation today. It would have meant us being in a room, but we are still confronting the right questions and the right issues. So we are automating the delivery, <clears throat> excuse me for that, but not automating our conversation. Otherwise, you would have, I would not have needed Billy. I would have just needed a computer-generated questions who wait for me to. But the interaction is what is human resource. So how does technology enable our interaction? then there's not too much innovation. We, we can't run away from each other. We are still human at the bottom line. So we must automate our interactions with each other. Don't automate the human being. Thank you. Don't, don't automate the human being. I, I love that. And maybe even as we speak about uh, automation, I'm sure maybe there are some HRs who are wondering, the kind of features they should look for in, say, HR software when they are automating. What would you advise? Wow. That's another lesson for a whole day. Because maybe that's we, 
<laughs> we would not even have time to do it. But uh, to for the sake of our conversation, I think I want us to look at what are we trying to deliver? Can we deliver it fast? Can we verify it? Can we be able to authenticate what we're delivering? Can we be able to have support? Because technology goes down sometimes. Can we be able to say tomorrow, with all the legal provisions that are required, our system can be able to deliver? Then please go for that system. If it cannot be able to do your statutory uh, uh, compliance, it cannot be able to give you the record keeping that you need. It cannot be able to give you the retrieval and the faster dissemination of information. It cannot be able to deliver a dashboard that you only do at the click of a button. That you have to process every data through Excel again, then you don't need that system. Then you just need Excel and be a guru at Excel and run Excel, which is free. You don't need to do anything more. But if you're going for a system, it must be beyond BI tools. It must be beyond Excel. It must be beyond normal programming to be able to deliver a state-of-the-art HR innovation. Thank you. Oh, great. Uh, very concise and... Uh... Uh, very knowledgeable answer, I, 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 I would say. I think it's one that is um, extracted from all your years of experience. And uh, based off of that, I'm sure that you have used uh, technology to make uh, decisions in your, in your work. So I, I was just wondering um, how would you describe your your decision uh, your decision making process uh, with with your use of uh, of automation uh, in in HR? Can you describe the decision making process that it that, that has proven to be the most effective when uh, doing your work in HR? I think HR is about decision making. And you can never run away from decision-making in HR. Now, for you to make the right decision, you need the right base, the right data, the right uh, analytics, and being able to make your decisions. So the decision-making will be inherent. So you must have the capacity to make that decision. But now, technology now enables you to one, you can be able to model your decision. In other words, now you can say, my alternative decisions, I can be able to look at them and say, if I do one, this is the potential outcome faster because now technology has enabled you to make that decision faster. It is also, you can be able to verify the quality of your decision based on the data analytics in front. So my decision-making has greatly been enhanced by the capacity of the innovation or the technology in front of me. I can assure you it is not easy, 
It is not simple, but the quality of decisions that arise out of innovation and technology has greatly, greatly improved. And I can say there are some decisions that I would have struggled with without data, without hindsight, without having the data in the system to be able to crunch the data and make the decision. It has also improved my policy making process because I can be able to refer back and be able to understand this is the decision we made then. These were the outcomes based on my data. Even if I was not the one in that space, I can be able to say, yes, it worked because they did one, two, three. And remember, the data, as we say, data is king. The data can be able to give me instantaneous feedback. Just recently, one of my predecessors in another place, they were looking for uh, reference checks for the person. Remember, I didn't find the person on board. I joined, left the place, but they expected me to give feedback. How beautiful technology can be. Within 15 minutes, I had the documents right in front of me. So has it enhanced quality decision? Because now I could be able to relate to what she did while she was there. But there are facts that I have to put in place for me to be able to actually convince these people that I know what the person did before me. So that is the essence of technology, something that would have taken me a month to even put my head around it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's very uh, human, I would say, what you just said, that you cannot escape the decision-making. At the end, you have to, to make a decision yourself as a, as a person, uh, provided all the data that you, that you have acquired using the technology that you, that you have in front of you. Um, I want us to, to maybe dream a little bit and talk about uh, a perfect world. What does, what does, what does the, the perfect uh, ecosystem of technology and HR automation all, uh, all coming together to, to, uh, to make your life easy, to make your life perfect? Wow. There's no perfection. I'm still trying to achieve it. So there's no perfect world, but for the sake of your question, I would say yes. We are talking about when do you actualize your automation world? When do you feel like, yes, I've done it? I, I don't think I've reached there yet. So... I would struggle to tell you, oh, this is how it should look like. This is the beauty is technology is evolving each and every day. And when you are about to think you have done it, life changes because uh, somebody brings a seamless HQ and you seem to think, wow, this is the only thing that will solve all my problems all of a sudden. Then your innovation journey starts all over again. But when do we say we are out of implementation into now action? Because that's now the journey that most HR people struggle with. Because we do, you realize that the stability of most of the HR systems 
happens almost after three or four years after implementation. Because the firm that is providing you is also innovating. You are also innovating in your own way in terms of policy framework. And by the time you're doing all these things, then four years is gone. Now you reach a point where you say, now I can deliver using technology. I would think that would be my utopian world. Most of the times, this is the scenario. I think we should be able to now move with the speed. Speed is critical. When you want to enjoy tech, uh, the innovation and technology use in HR, speed is critical. And speed not in the eyes of the HR profession. Speed in the eyes of our customers, the employees. If the employees feel that the turnaround was excellent, you have hit the jackpot. Number two is when the employee or the decision maker feels that the decision has been aided by technology. They are more likely to buy into your game faster, better, and be able to give you return in terms of feedback. So when I have excellent feedback from my customers, then I know technology is working. The third thing I would say I look forward to in technology is where the person or the customer being served does not feel they're talking to a machine, yet they are aided by a machine. They should have the feel of the human touch across the room delivered by technology. I'm sure if I was talking to a computer, I would have answered your questions differently. <laughs> now I can be able to relate to you. I can be able to answer you in a way that I'm also cognizant of the fact that I'm talking to, to someone. If it was just technology in my face, it would be, I would be typing three sentences and that should be it. So we should use, when we reach that epitome of delivering a child, where we deliver using technology, it should be such that they feel like I can continue talking to this machine because I know Dixon is on the other side. Wow. Well said. I think I really love the reminders that you have given us. First of all, speed is critical. And then again, something that we always say, you know, H, the H in HR stands for human. So it's always important for us to remember to incorporate that even in our day to day. I'd love to hear from you advice that you'd give to the up and coming generation of HR decision makers to help them navigate the evolving technological tools they will get to use in the future. So maybe just, you know, an advice or two as we get to now conclude. With or without technology, please have the human side of yourself on the table, always. If it is not on the table, you are just a machine with blood flowing through it. <laughs> so don't be too mechanical with your customers. Be there, be present with their conversations. There's a lot unsaid when we approach HR. Don't listen to what they say. Listen to what they mean in their heart. 
they could be telling you go away, but all they are saying, please, you are not listening. Those are two different things, but mm -hmm. the message is totally different. When it comes to automation, don't automate uh, yourself. Automate the processes. They are available for the self-actualization of each and everything you do. Don't automate yourself, automate the process. Automate the processes. I love that. You know, there could be somebody listening and they're wondering, you know, where, where to get the necessary knowledge to master the automation technologies that are changing the way decisions are being made in HR. Where would you advise somebody to go and, you know, get this kind of knowledge? There's nothing that works better than networking. Because that's when you get to know what is out there. Once you know what is out there, choose your lane wisely. Because automation can take you to the end of the world without giving you any value. And you can come and automate everything else. And people say, so this is all we have been paying for. When that statement is said about your automation process, it means you did not take them on the journey with you. You went alone. So understand where and how to engage with your automation support. Let them know what you want to automate. Don't let them dictate what they want you to automate. Because the shoe only pinches the wearer. The wearer in this case is the HR professional. If you go automating, uh, for example, our conversations, and the biggest problem we have is an unlistening HR professional. Even if we automate that, it would not improve your engagement with your customers. Instead, automate how we get to reach you so that the other person can be. Also, we capture their attention. When we have captured their attention using technology, then now deliver HR. Mm -hmm. But don't go automating your delivery, thinking you are helping your customers. Because I can be even be taught very good speeches. And if the speech is hollow, despite delivering a very powerful speech, when people look for substance, they see nothing. Then they say, oh, that's all that it was? No. We should now prepare them to say, no, no, no. The content is right. And where do I get my content? Read. You can never get content by imitating. Read and read and reread. Because when you don't read, you can't move away from the normal. When you read, it challenges you to go into areas that nobody has gone into. How will you know that nobody has not gone into it if you have never read anything? Then please have sounding boards. Have your sounding boards very clearly. When I feel like I'm doing something that, yes, it has been done in the market, but I'm trying to go into an area that most people do not want to touch. Like right now, I'm thinking of asking every Kenyan, whenever I ask them about diversity 
equity and inclusion. They all run into understanding LGBTQ. They run into understanding all uh, people living with disability and all other things. But the one thing they don't want to discuss in the room is our tribal makeup. Yet it dictates everything that we do in this country. And all of us are being accused, all HR are being accused to only employ our relatives. But that is the one thing HR professionals are running away from. So I'm now engaging HR professionals and saying, can we confront our tribal issues in Africa? Confront not with a view of eliminating, but confront with a view to maximizing our differences to make us look unique because we are. We are not like the rest of the world. In Africa, we speak more languages than anywhere in the world. And somebody thinks that that is wrong. No. We should have an African space where we enjoy our inclusion. How nice if we automate our capacity. And we have major um, languages in Africa. In West Africa, there's a whole group speaking the Nilotic Wolof language all the way from uh, parts of Cameroon, going into Ghana, into Nigeria, parts of Senegal, all the way to Mauritania. In East Africa, how beautiful if we can now innovate with Swahili and being able to maximize the use of Swahili so that we go to the next level, still with our European languages driving, but we are recognizing our Africanness, automating the same so that we have unity and congruence. So get to understand, because we cannot go and start innovation out of Africa. We must innovate within Africa. So that when we go to the world, we have something that is so African that it is uniquely African, but serving the humanity at the same time. So I'm passionate about our diversity and how it can make us just maximize. Have you, uh, when people are asked, how many languages do you speak? The first thing they say, oh, I speak French, I speak English, I speak Spanish. Who told you those are the only languages? <laughs> I speak Subaluo and I speak Swahili and I speak English. I'm already speaking four languages. If speaking more languages is anything to go by, I'm already speaking four languages. I'm better than anybody who is predominantly English and speaks only one language. So in terms of my language skills, they're humongous. And I can be able to refer. I, I love it when I go to places like Rwanda. Some lang words just are the same as my village. As far away as the wall of in Senegal, did you know they have the same word for fire with the Luos of Kenya? Mm -hmm. You can imagine what that meeting across Africa can do for us. How will we get there? Not by showing our, uh, our differences, but by automating and innovating in terms of using our Africanness and uniqueness to achieve.
the best. Oh, wow. I really, really love that, Dixon. Thank you so much for sharing. What a beautiful summary and conclusion to this discussion. I think Africans are the most multilingual, multilingual individuals in the world, if you ask me. Yeah, and I love what you've said about us innovating within Africa. I also love the points that you just shared. You told us to read, network, and have sounding boards. And you know, the perfect, when you're just talking about that, uh, our network, our community of HR professionals came to mind. So if you're here, if you're HR listening, tuning in, and you're looking for a place where you can actually get to do this, read, network, have sounding boards, connect, network, and belong, then Seamless HQ Innovation Network is the place for you. Just go over to our website, seamlesshq.co, and sign up. And then thereafter, you'll just get to join us. So we have unfortunately come to the end of our session. Thank you so much, Dixon, for the very insightful session. Now, I have a question for you. If people wanted to connect with you, where will they find you? Unfortunately, because of my age, mm -hmm. I'm not very active in the social media platform. <laughs> but it's not that I'm not there. I'm there and I read a lot. So don't worry. I knew that the next thing is people are like, oh, so he's not Texami. You'll be shocked. I am able to reply to all. So I'm, I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I am on Twitter. Mm -hmm. So, um, and just look for Dixon Nimbori, my Twitter handle. Mm -hmm. And you can chat me anytime on Facebook. It's still Dixon Nimbori. I'm old school, so there's not much in terms of the naming. Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to understand also the younger generation, and I love them. I like it when I, I talk to them on, uh, what is this that they love so much? Instagram? Uh, yes, Instagram. Oh my goodness, Dixon, you're on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Yes. <laughs> on Instagram, it is still Dixon Yambore. <laughs> okay. And you will be enjoying our but if you want to reach out, please get in touch with Billy and we can do more on my WhatsApp. It's always active. I think I was one of the first people on WhatsApp in this country. So because I realized I was, there were very few people. So, and remember, we used to stop people from using their phones when we were heads of departments then. Uh, I've gone through the technological journey from denying employees access to phone <laughs> making sure that now they must have a phone. <laughs> I've been through it all. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, my goodness. I, I, I knew that this question was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this good. So thank you so much for just engaging us. You've heard it. If you want to reach Dixon, his handles are Dixon Yambori on all social media pages. Once again, thank you everyone for tuning in to the People Champion podcast that's powered by Elevate HR, a cloud-based HR platform tailored for the African market. You can find more exciting conversations from the People Champion podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and even Anchor. Also, please make sure you follow Elevate HR on all social media platforms. Till next time, bye!